so I want I get to the privilege of um, uh, speaking over the next couple of weeks. And I thought that, you know, obviously I have preached here a couple of times before, but, you know, a lot of people don't know me. Um, and I thought that it would kind of be a, a good thing, um, perhaps, to let you know a little bit, a little bit more about, uh, about me and my wife, Rachel. But I'm, I'm pretty uncomfortable with a life history, right? <laughs> so I don't want to, so I want to take a bit of a different approach. And what I'd love to do uh, is just to chat and talk about a couple of things that I'm particularly passionate about. Uh, And so this week I'm going to talk about something specific, and then next week I want to talk about why church. Uh, So obviously something that I'm, you know, I'm really uh, passionate about. So a a few months ago um, I did a Strengths Finders survey. Right? Anyone ever done Strengths Finders in here? Yes. Okay. So if you're not familiar with it, you know, you fill in a bunch of questions about yourself, then it spits out a report and says, this is who you are. And you're like, go figure. Okay, right, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I'm comfortable enough to let you know uh, that my top strength within there was includer. Um, any other includers got that in your top five? Oh, yes! Is Nairi here this morning? I, I know that Nairi would definitely be an includer. But anyway, um, uh, so an includer is just someone simply, as they kind of um, state it, someone who looks and notices those who may be feeling excluded and makes an effort um, to want to include them. And so the, what was interesting to me about that was just more that as I kind of reflect back um, through my life, I, I see uh, this, this theme of inclusion um, coming out. And so when I, I was uh, saved through my mid to late teens, and kind of really early on in my Christian journey was just this sense, this sense of uh, kind of call to ministry. And I, and I didn't really know what that looked like or what shape that would take, blah, blah, blah. But all that I kind of had within that was just the want to have and be engaged and involved in church that was for Joe Blogs. So just, um, just for anyone. Anyone and everyone would feel welcome uh, to come and be at church. Uh, and so I, I kind of, as I reflect back, I, I, I kind of, I noticed that. I, um, I remember a specific moment uh, turning off at Kyber Pass. So it was um, just in between, Rachel and I had been asked if we wanted to take on um, pastoring at Life Coast. Anyone been in journey and part of the journey of Life Coast? A few hands. Um, and I just remember this really specific moment. I was, I think, 26 at the time, and uh, and just feeling like totally like inexperienced, didn't know what I was doing, you know. And just this very real sense of just God speaking to me, saying, "What I've called you to do, I'll equip you to do. What I've called you to do, I'll equip you to do." And just that, that kind of attached sense to that, oh, wow, like, God kind of wants me and, and us to be included in the journey. You know, like he, like, he actually wants to use you and me to do something in this time. You know, like, it was just this really humbling moment of, okay, well, if you're with me, God, then let's, let's jump in, let's go. So I kind of I noticed that another little um, include a moment that I realised is this probably will get a little bit of tears. Sorry, um, uh, I I I realised the experience of being included through times of grief. Um, see, so uh, 
So many of you know our story. Uh, so we had a, a second daughter who we named Summer Joy, who was stillborn. Um, and uh, I remember very vividly what it felt like to be in a community that included you in that grief. That they grieved with us, that they, they walked the journey. And I want to see church like that. Because we all go through stuff, right? But to have a community of people that walk alongside you, that include you in that journey, is an incredibly powerful thing to do. As I think about social events, <laughs> lighter. Uh, you know, I think about, um, think about being in a room, and I don't feel like I do it very well but I necessarily, but I like to see in a room who's feeling excluded and just to go over there and, and try and include them. When I think about cycling, uh, I love you know that I love cycling. You know, I, I, do, I love the sport of cycling, but I actually, to be honest, I love the social aspect of cycling just as much as the cycling actually itself, the included. When it came to discovering the vineyard, I loved the saying that everyone gets to play. Uh, that this, when I heard that for the first time uh, in, a, in a setting of Vineyard Church, I was like, yes, you know, everyone gets to play. It's not about one or two up the front or anything like that. It's about us, everyone contributing to the body to be included because there is power in the inclusion factor of us walking together. And so when I read the Gospels and I see the way that Jesus goes out of his way to include people along the journey, there is something within that that deeply resonates within, within me. And so this morning, I just simply want to talk about Jesus' radical inclusion, Christ's radical inclusion, the story that we see and how we get invited into it. Because the, the reality is, right, that we all want to be, we all want to belong, right? We all have this incredible pull uh, to belong and to be included within some sphere or realm in life. Uh, you know, like you've probably all experienced that twinge of feeling excluded. You know, like you've walked into an unfamiliar environment or you've, uh, you've been somewhere for a while. Maybe you remember even back to being a kid, those awkward teenage years of just not quite being, you know, where do I kind of fit within this journey, right? This sense of being excluded. All throughout our society, we see this it pervades so many different spheres and levels. You know, the drive to be included, when we, whether we see it in friendship circles or we see it in workplaces or in social media or we see it in families. We see it all over the place where there is this strong desire to be included, to belong. You know, we see it in a negative sense. Uh, you know, when it comes to gang life or it comes to addictions, so much of that is driven simply by the desire to be included, to belong. And so the thing is, actually, I, I, um, I watched a TED talk uh, a little while ago, and uh, it was taking a Harvard study, 75 years worth of this study, right? And they took a whole bunch of individuals and they boiled down, they were asking the question, what is the most significant factor in someone's success in life, their, their felt, perceived success, fulfillment in life? And it was having significant relationships. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Connection, that they, that they belonged somewhere. Yeah. 
You know, that it wasn't the, the house that they had built up, the, um, the car that they drove, the job that they did. It wasn't how many places around the globe that they've managed to visit. It wasn't where their kids went to school. It wasn't any of that. It was whether or not they felt connected and belonged to significant people within their life. C.S. Lewis, he puts it this way. He wrote uh, about this reality in The Inner Ring. He said, I believe that in all of our lives at certain periods and in many of our lives at all periods between infancy and extreme old age, one of the most dominant elements is the drive to be inside the local ring and the terror (laughs) of being left outside of it. This incredible drive that we have. And the thing is that God knows us, right? He gets it. Genesis, early on, it's not good for man to be alone. He gets the idea that we are to belong to one another. We are to be included. There's a a great book uh, that Joel Green has written, uh, and it pulls out different themes just within the particular gospel of Luke. And one of those themes is this idea of radical inclusion from Christ. And the way that Christ goes through, we see Jesus in the stories that are told by Luke specifically, his desire to include not just everyone, but especially those on the fringes. You know, it makes makes a real point of doing this. And what I want to do just in the next few little minutes is in a kind of, I guess, a bit of a condensed version, I want to... I want to just present some of those little stories uh, that Luke gives to illustrate the way that Jesus looks to include the, those on the fringes. If you've been around church for a while, then it's probably this is nothing particularly new, but it's so important. It's so important that we actually have uh, kind of wrestled this through because if we have an unhealthy thing when it comes to inclusion. If, we, if we're unhealthy in who gets to play and who doesn't get to play, it, it, it leads us into an unhealthy place as a church, as a community of people. And so it's actually really important that we have a, a, you know, a good level of understanding in it. And also on that note, you know, like, if, you know, if you've ever been on the receiving end in church life of that twinge of exclusion... You, like, it's a very real thing, but you've got to know that that's a people thing, not a God's heart thing. It's because we stuff up, right? And we get it wrong. I, I get it wrong. But God's heart is quite different. So in Jesus' first scene of public ministry, right? Luke 4. He's in the synagogue on the Sabbath. He's handed the scroll and he reads from Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Verse 20, then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began by saying to them, today, the scripture is fulfilled. I, I love that kind of dramatic moment, you know? Today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. 
It's this incredible setting the scene moment, right? Of the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. For those that were there, raised quite a commotion, right? But for us, it raises some really important questions. Questions like, who are the poor, the prisoners, the blind, the oppressed? And what does it mean to preach good news to them, to see them released and free? Now, I'm not uh, proposing to kind of answer all those big questions uh, this morning, sorry. Um, But what is really clear within here is this theme of release, this theme to see the excluded included, including the excluded, the poor, the blind, the prisoner, the oppressed. They are to be part of the story of the kingdom of God, which is great news. In uh, Greco-Roman culture, right? So they have this, like, pervades through all levels of society. They're really ranked in how they view people status level wise. So you could up your status uh, or lower your status by performance. So how well you performed a particular task, how well you you did that. Uh, Probably if we were honest, we would see some of that, not just in Greco-Roman culture, but today as well. Um, But they also had something called ascription. So ascription is just simply, mostly it's external, totally outside of an individual's kind of realm of what they can control. So family heritage, obviously got my parents here, so we've got very good family heritage, thank you. Um, uh, Family heritage, gender, um, and and genetic attributes. So within these, there could be, you could lower your status or be dishonoured or excluded by things like having physical defects, being crippled, being blind, having leprosy, sickness of some kind, or being a woman, or being a child. All of these things in Greco-Roman culture lowered down your status. And what Luke is desiring to do as he tells the story of Jesus is that those who are meant to be excluded within culture and society are now included. They are welcomed, included into the kingdom of God. Like in Luke 5, 27 to 32, where, for example, we read about Levi being called. We've got a picture of what's going on in, the, in, in this scene. So Levi is called, and then he invites Jesus to a great banquet at his house. Verse 27, after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others uh, were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to the, to the sect complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with, with tax collectors and sinners? Verse 31, Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Levi, being part of this category of the excluded from any sort of priestly or spiritual or important activity, as Jesus comes, 
come follow this rabbi, come to him. And this, this is an incredibly powerful thing for Jesus to say to him, come and follow me. And so he does. And then he invites Jesus to sit at the table with him. You know, like we did just a, a short moment ago, taking communion together. That, that, that invitation is like, come and be a part of the extended family. Like, come and sit, come and be included. You've just included me. I want to include you uh, in my family. It's a powerful moment. But of course, it's not just tax collectors, is it? Uh, he also has this with a slave of a centurion who's not too lowly to be healed by Jesus. Or children too, who were low in status. Luke 18, verse 16, but Jesus called the children to him and said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Again, the statement of radical inclusion from Christ to these children. Gentiles, all those who were not Jews, are invited to be included as God's people. And then, of course, women are given the special reference throughout Luke's gospel. Listen to this for a list of, uh, of, of what's happening with women in here. They're recipients of healing in Luke 4, 8 and 13. They're held up in the, for their example of faith and faithfulness in Luke 7, 8, 18 and 24 as traveling companions and contributors to Jesus and the disciples in Luke 8. Even right near the beginning of the launching of who this Jesus is, through Mary and Elizabeth, they're presented as God's spokespeople for God. They're meant to be excluded. Not with Christ. But Jesus' inclusion is not just for those who are lowly in status. Luke 11, verse 37, when Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. So from Pharisee, tax collector, leper, child to woman, and of course to you and me. There is this invitation for us to be included. Included in the story of Jesus and in the kingdom of God. So if you have ever wondered if you were good enough, if your family was okay, if you drove, I don't know, a too beat up car or a too fancy car. <laughs> If you ever thought that your life didn't quite look perfect enough, that your kids weren't kind of on the straight and narrow well enough or didn't go to the right schools or whatever, you have the invitation to be included. It's a simple, it's a really simple thought, isn't it? You know, but, but it is so powerful. Ephesians 2, 13, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And maybe for you know some here today, that's that's enough. 
You know, maybe there is that very real sense of kind of feeling a bit, a bit on the edge, a bit on the fringe, a bit excluded. And maybe it's, uh, there's some practicality around it. Like we, um, we got together with all our life group leaders this week, and man, just what an amazing group of people who want to see and help facilitate connection and engagement beyond just a, a gathering here on a Sunday morning. You know, maybe there is some practicality to it, or maybe it's, maybe it's hard. And what you need to hear today is that you're enough and that you can be included in the story. For others of us who have, are okay with that, the natural flow is then, of course, to be an includer, right? If we sense that we've been included, that our natural response to that is to look around us to who we can include. And of course, again, coming back to kind of a, a Sunday setting like this or a, a church setting within the community, there is umpteen different things that we can do to help include other people along the journey, but of course, it's much broader and wider than that, you know, in your workplaces and your families and your neighborhoods and your, just in your hobbies and your sports, you know, like you can be there to be more than just a participant. You can actually be there to help include others. Is there someone in your life at the moment that if you stop and think about it, you do sense that there is a, a bit of exclusion going on? And what could you do? What part could you play? What part could I play? and just helping to see them included into the story. There's a cool little, um, there's a cool little moment on the road to Emmaus. So if you're not familiar with the story, Jesus has risen from the dead. He's walking along the road to Emmaus, uh, and he, um, he comes alongside some disciples, but he doesn't reveal who he is. So to him, he's just uh, you know, a man walking along. And uh, Jesus says to them, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to carry on uh, for the night. I'll find, I'll find somewhere to uh, eat or drink later on. And the disciples, the ones who have been included, this is a cool little moment of switch of roles, you know, in, in, in Luke 24. And then they, they say, no, 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 come with us. Come, come and have a meal. With they don't know it's Jesus. Come with us. Come, come and have a meal with us. Come and be just part of what's going on. Just switch around for them to be included. So if you ask me kind of one of the things that just resonates deeply with me, it's, it's that. One of those aspects of just the want to be included and the want to include others. And if you're sitting here and kind of have, have, have that question of, okay, community-wise, I get that, I can be included, but, but with Jesus. How do, I, how do I get included with Jesus, you know? Uh, one of the, 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 the great little images is that just rather than the kind of the, 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 the line, the in and out, it's the walking towards Jesus, the, the turning towards him. And so I guess we just wanted to, as a church community, you know, we want to help you to walk towards Jesus. And so if you're here and you feel like maybe you've never kind of made that first step to walk towards Jesus, or maybe you just recognize in your own heart that actually you're walking, you've been walking away from him uh, in, in more recent times, then we would just love to be able to help you turn and walk towards him.